When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Thursday, October 21st, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 431 featuring NBC Sports Boston's Abby Chin is powered by BetOnline.ag and INSA. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus and go to INSA.com. Mention we sent you to get a t-shirt for a penny. Okay, here we go. Basketball is finally back. We had Cedric Maxwell on the show just a few days ago going down all sorts of roads, and that was a great time. And remember, buy the man's book, and if you're nice and you run into him in the game and you bring it with you, he'll probably even autograph it and write you a personal message because Max is just that kind of guy. But now we can talk about real hoops because the preseason's behind us, training camp's behind us, and someone who was at MSG for this latest game is kind enough to join us, kind enough to join us every time she comes on. And that is, of course, Abby Chin, NBC Sports Boston. I'm Adam Kaufman. We have Evan Valenti. Abby, how are you? I'm doing well. Still trying to wake up after the double <laughs> overtime thriller at MSG, but I'm excited to be here. So there, I, there's so much I want to get to over the course of this show without obviously keeping you forever. And I, I want to talk about your role because, of course, you were in studio throughout last year, as we remember. You're back on the road now, which is exciting. We're going to save that for later. We can get to that a little bit later on. But you can certainly give us a firsthand account of what it was like to be in that building for an electric double overtime season opener. Nobody saw you know, 130 plus points from both teams going into that thing or Jalen Brown fresh off a 10 day quarantine erupting for 46 points. He was out of his mind. I imagine that Brown in particular was your main takeaway from that game. No question. I mean, first of all, yes, MSG was rocking. I think a year of not having fans in there, it was clear that all of the New Yorkers were so excited to be out of the house, so excited <laughs> to be together. I mean, all the stars were out, from Dustin Hoffman to Tracy Morgan. Um, it was the place was bumping and the game lived up to all the hype, which I think a lot of us were concerned about. The Knicks went in, obviously, with the additions of Kemba Walker and our old friend Evan Fournier. <laughs> he's not our friend anymore. <laughs> no, he's not. Not after that. That's what Rob Williams said post-game. Like, I'm mad at Evan. That was not cool. <laughs> um, but so I think there was a lot of excitement around Kemba, the hometown kid coming back. And then with the Knicks in particular, facing a lot of expectations after they surpassed everything that Knicks fans thought they could do last season. So there was a lot of hype surrounding the Knicks and then the Celtics entering this new era under Ime Udoko with no one really knowing what to expect. But yes, Jalen Brown by far was the highlight for the Celtics. Uh, he had an awesome Instagram post last night, straight out of quarantine. Yeah. Came out, dropped 46 points and I mean, made it look easy. Looks like he could have gotten more and was calling four more plays down the stretch, especially in that double overtime, which was insane for him to have been off the court for t- 10 days, yep. that he was mostly meditating was how he was preparing. <laughs> so he was just dreaming of buckets, all the buckets he was going to get. The and, then, and then he got it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was, um, I was thinking about it this morning. It's 
was strange last night because it didn't necessarily feel like a loss when we were talking to everyone afterwards. They were upset that it was a loss, but I feel like um, for all of us fans, not fans, but for all of us in the building, it felt like such a victory to be back, everyone together, and then to get to watch a game like that. Um, it was hard to get down after that, even with the loss. You could yeah. say it. We're fans. I mean, I, I know we, we all cover the team. It's in, better in a for different all of us capacity. if they win. Yeah. Yeah. You certainly more uh, more intimately than Evan and I. But, uh, you know, look, for, for all of us, winning is good for business. So, so in that sense, at the, at the very baseline, we are fans, but I mean, yeah, especially Evan and I growing up around here, we are legitimate fans and, and want to see things go well. It did, there were elements of it, obviously, that, that sort of felt like, you know, people like to, it's, it's a big thing with the Patriots right now and moral victories and that sort of thing. I don't take any of those out of last night's game. It was exciting. It was a thriller. It was great. Jalen was great. You know, Rob Williams was great. Uh, Jason Tatum was four minutes for the time Lord. Right. I like that he even said, I think to our own Bobby Manning, he was like, isn't this what you guys wanted? You wanted me to play forever, right? That's what I wanted. That's what he wanted. He's been asking for this. Yeah, it's good to have basketball back. I tweeted that like 18 times last night because it was like, wow, (laughs) this is great. Wow, this is awesome. And then at the end of the game, you know, Jalen hits that pull up from, you know, the logo at MSG. And I was like, man, this is so And the fact that the full crowd was there last night made it even, Mm -hmm. like, it just made even better. Everyone was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. You can't leave. You couldn't leave MSG last night. No way. If you left last night, that's that's then you're never going to go to a basketball game ever again. But it was just, it was. Again, there's so much more to talk about, but it was just really nice to just have that like meaningful basketball back on again. And it feels like it's been so long since we've seen quote unquote normality, and we're still kind of getting there. But it just felt it felt nice to be on a, on, a, on a good track. And then you know, there's so many other things we can talk about from this game. Um, Jalen obviously being one of them. Tatum being the other one. Um, but yeah, it was nice to have everything back and the energy in the building. I'm sure Abby, you could, you could feel it from the opening tip or even before the tip that the energy in last night's building was off the chart. So, you know, kudos. Yeah, it was probable. And you know, Knicks fans are not a quiet group, so they certainly mm-hmm. let you know from, from the jump. Um, but yeah, Evan, I had a tweet similar to that last night where, uh, you know, Boston sucks chance broke out <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this is awesome. We're back. We're back. Like, this is it. We're in it. Um, and then, uh, Julius Randle dunked on Peyton Pritchard and Dennis Schroeder and that took away all my, took away all my good vibes. But um, <laughs> the craziest thing, you mentioned it, like it's weird being back to normal, um, trying to get from where we were in the press box down to the uh, post-game press conference rooms, the crush of people because everyone was still there. So there's so many people. I just have not been in a sea of people that big for so long and it was uh it, it made me nauseous it was i was gonna say was there a little bit much. this is this yeah. is weird this, i was like, like where's my mask where's my like, mask <laughs> don't touch anybody don't touch anything i know don't touch anything don't where's brush up against sanitizer? me so we're not quite all the way back to normal but it was really nice to be inside madison square garden last night well, in, in the spirit of crushing good vibes, I, I wanted to, you know, let, get some of the positives out of the way. And there are more positives we'll get to. But uh, if anyone was watching the video and saw me just searching through my phone, there's a reason for it. So a good buddy of mine, Seth, who's come on this show a number of times is kind of a, a voice of the fan, albeit more pessimistic than optimistic. It's just, you know, kind of him by nature as a sports fan and maybe even in life. And I imagine he's out there listening. So I want to shout him out for this reason. So I started to get a series of texts from him 
during that game last night, all throughout. And I, I'm not going to read everything. Obviously, we'd, we'd be here forever. But I, I do want to highlight uh, a stretch right at the beginning because uh, I, I want to get both of your thoughts. Abby, obviously, you in particular, given that you're, you know, much closer to this team, uh, you know, getting to talk to guys one-on-one and obviously being around Ime and all of that. Here, here's the a voice of the fan, you know, throughout last night's game. And I, I assure you, didn't get any better when the game was over either. But this was not even when the game was final. Said, I realize you're going to tell me I'm overreacting, but I want to let you know I'm officially worried about Ime. First of all, they're bitching at the refs more than ever. They're also never getting back on defense. Loads of turnovers. Strategically, it seems like they're just letting them go after offensive rebounds. They have no chance of getting. They're letting the Knicks switch Time Lord away from the rim literally every time down the floor. No resistance. It's like red flag city out here. If this was my team or wasn't my team, I'd be gloating that Ime seems out of his league. Also, they're incredibly soft. What are your thoughts on uh, an initial reaction to game one under Ime Odoka after so much off-season, preseason training camp talk of, you know, we're not going to complain, we're going to be stronger, we're going to work together, we're going to play tough, we're going to be physical, we're going to all this stuff. And then obviously, he's not alone. Some fans watching that game last night feeling that way. Wow. Um, <laughs> I feel like that was a lot for one Just game in the regular season. <laughs> Take a walk, buddy. Like, I don't know. I'm going to DM him after this Stretch show. it out. Like, hey, Stretch it out. I mean, okay. I, I, should we go through it one by one? As far as the complaining to the refs, I, I didn't notice that last night. I mean, that obviously was something that was not enjoyable to watch last season. And Ime has made it a point to talk about that. He pulled Grant Williams in the final game of the preseason to make a point that we're not going to do that. And so I think that we all know that, when you're used to doing something, it's hard to break habits, especially bad habits. And so I do think that that is something um, that is at least being voiced to them. Um, as far as defensively, I mean, that's the scheme that Ime wants to do is to switch everything. And getting back in transition didn't necessarily happen until the second half. I feel like they were pretty good in transition defense um, in the first half. And so I'm, I would chalk that up to a little bit of fatigue and kind of, and, and that's what Ime said post game. I will give him credit. He, he is straight with us. I mean, that was the rep coming in that he is direct, but warm. Um, and he, you know, does not talk around the truth. He said, we definitely missed defensive assignments and let Obi Toppin get out way too much. He's like, it's something we're going to work on. And and this, the switch everything defense that he wants to play, he has the roster to play. And I am really curious to see if that is something that they can stick with throughout the season that will be a success, but it's an adjustment. It's something that, I mean, Dennis Schroeder, I talked to him during the preseason and he said, it's hard for me. This is a different mindset. I am used to going one-on-one and trying to guard my yard, stop my guy, but now I'm just switching everything. And so um, it's a different mentality. And I do think it's going to take some time. And I obviously, I think Brad Stevens, I don't think Emake just came out of the blue with this defensive strategy. And it's like, this is something I want to try today. You know, I'm, I'm sure through the interview process and all of that, that's something that they discussed. And it's something that intrigues Brad. It's why the roster is the way it is. And they have the versatility one through five for two, like from the starters to the reserves. And so I think it's, it's, things are going to take time. This is not something that is just going to, Ime is going to show up and everything is different. Everything has changed. Not to mention they didn't have Al Horford, which I know is something that we talk about Mm -hmm. with the Celtics and injuries and not everyone being available all the time, but they did not have Al Horford. And so we didn't get to see the full 
capabilities of that switch happy defense. And so, yeah, I think Seth, while I appreciate <laughs> you keeping it real, it's early. Calm it down. Yeah, the out horse a drink, day. relax. The, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Just, just, just crack a beer open or something like that. Have a glass of wine and just chill. Uh, it's like the Aaron Rodgers relax particular, you know, uh, sentiment. We right. Always, the the Al Horford. Right. Exactly. The, the Al Horford thing is big because Al is their, either their best communicator on defense or one of their best communicators on defense in terms of calling things out and everything. So not having Al there is, is, is a, is a problem for sure. Richardson, who's a switchable defender, not having him is also a problem. Um, look, their, their defensive problems were pretty evident in the preseason. And I think it's just, lack of cohesion, playing time, communication, and it should get better as the season goes on. Um, you have both Brad as the Pobo and Ime as the actual head coach, and then other staff members on Ime staff. They're all pretty, you know, uh, we'll say defense first guys. I'm not worried about this team defensively quite yet just because they're installing a new system, um, and that will take some time. These guys, again, they're coming from other systems that they're not just quite used to this yet, the, the shooter quote uh, being a very good one. Um, you know, I, I, I would push back on that because I think I saw some fight out of this team last night that I didn't see last year, or at least I don't remember. Um, or, you know, are they going to certainly consistency, consistently see it? Yeah. Right. So I, I thought, you know, one of the things I like, I like the energy, um, right off the top. I, I really enjoyed the fact that this team, especially at the end, continued to fight and grind, even though they were down 11 with three minutes left, they were down what, like nine with a minute 30 or whatever it was at the end of the game there. Um, and they didn't give up. And that's the thing when you go back to the earlier Brad Stevens teams, whether it was with, you know, Isaiah Thomas or, you know, before IT got there and before Kyrie screwed everything up, this team would fight tooth and nail every single second of every game. And I, I remember one point there, it was a series against the Cavs. I don't remember the series, but I've been 2017. They're getting, they're, they're, they're going to lose this series. There's no question. LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Love too much for this team. And Yet they fought like till the clock said zero, 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 zero and tried so hard to come back in a game that like whether they won or not wouldn't matter for the rest of the series. They still would have lost. And that's the stuff that I miss is the fact that the team, you know, cares a lot. And so last night it's getting tight at the end of the game. You know, they're, they're definitely down uh, a amount where you could give up and be like, all right, we'll just move on to the next one, which I'm used to. Now, but this team fought and climbed their way back, and Jalen hits a three from the logo, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute, you know, let's play the foul game, see what happens. You have what was probably a botched defensive play by the Knicks on the last play of regulation that led to Smart's three, but it's a great job by Jason getting it ahead to Dennis, who made a great read getting the Smart in the corner with the three. I mean, that that's just great stuff. So. You know, there are things that Seth mentioned that are, are valid. I think defensive stuff, like, I think that's valid. I think, you know, complaining to the refs, they're going to always do that, unfortunately. That's good. that's a bad habit they've had for years, and it's not going to end in one game. It's going to take time. But I am I have a lot more positives than I have negatives from last night. Because let's also consider the Knicks are a good team, too, right? The Knicks are supposed to be a top five, top five. And play hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not – and it's not like the Knicks aren't good. That team plays hard, as Abby said. They play their ass off. That's what Thibodeau does. He's He gets guys revved up. So – yeah, as much as you want to talk about last night, there are negatives, but I, I, I was encouraged by the effort, encouraged by Rob and Jalen and a couple other things. So I think there's, you know, yeah, they lost. That stinks. But, look, there's 81 more games to go here. Let's not overread it. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Adam, I do want to get your thoughts because, Evan, I want to push back on something. I feel like last year's team, one of the major frustrations was not that they 
didn't, they weren't, that they gave up. Um, I feel like they were in almost every game. That was what was infuriating is that they had the talent level to dominate. And it was those long stretches where you felt like um, the effort wasn't there because they thought they could just turn it on at the end. They knew they would be there at the end and they could just get it done. Last night, it to me felt like everyone was trying to do the right thing. At points, they were overpassing. And then at points when they were trying to attack mismatches, they were doing it too much. And, and so they just would get tunnel vision at points. And so I think everyone is coming in with this fresh start and with trying to do the right thing. It's just going to take time for everyone to get on the same page. So my big thing last year was, and I'm, I'm kind of saying the same thing that both of you just said, which is that it's it's not that they – outright didn't try like you wouldn't look at them last year and say you know this team didn't give a crap all season what I would say is that the you know the give a bleep meter was very inconsistent you know it it, it rided low way too often and to your point Abby it was it was just way too much of the you know we can show up we can beat this team this is a bad team and then it'd be a close game they'd attempt to step on the gas late and it'd be a little too little too late and they'd lose a close game so they weren't getting blown out with any sort of regularity or anything like that it was just you know I I think it and and we don't really know at least the three of us you know the the real story the the, all the true reasons behind Brad Stevens being elevated and and no longer being the head coach but if reports are to be believed that like he was just kind of burned down and didn't want to do it anymore some people said at the time you know last season I think played a huge role in that because he just wasn't I don't want to say he lost the locker room. That's that's not my claim. But I think his voice was not getting through to the degree that it once did anymore, where it's like, you guys need to be at it from the jump. You know, last year, they were not – it was just way too inconsistent with the effort, which was what made that team infuriating. Last night's game, I don't think it was it was the same thing. You're right. But I think there were points where they got comfortable. They got comfortable, obviously, late in that first quarter when – you know, they'd come back from a, a big deficit to start the game. They take a big lead. They kind of stepped off the gas a little bit. I think rotations or lack thereof in terms of having a rhythm, a consistency uh, throughout training camp and missing bodies, key bodies like, you know, two guys who will be part of that rotation, Horford and Richardson, that played a role as well. Emei, uh, I think at points not really knowing, at least this this is what it felt like in watching, not really knowing, okay, what's, what's my next move on the chessboard here? Like, who do I want to go to? Where do I want to go? You know, Tatum is killing me. Why can't the guy hit a, a, a damn shot? You know, he's, he's what, what did he go? One, two for 15 from three last night, which I think obviously, again, factors into the system in part that they're going to play offensively. And we'll get to that obviously a little bit later on as well. But, you know, I, I think it was just kind of once he got to a point where he said, okay, we're close, we can play a little back and forth, you know, then they kind of didn't relent. And then it was just like you said, they ran out of gas, which sort of takes me back to it's one game. I'm not going to overreact in this sense. I'm not going to overreact, especially given the players that were missing, but the aspect of sort of the, with Tibbs being on the other side, the running guys into the ground that has gotten Tibbs, you know, fired from multiple spots at this point in time. And and last night was double overtime too. So that's part of it. But, you know, four guys going 45 plus minutes in a, uh, in what was an eight, nine man rotation, a couple of guys only playing right around 10. Some guys you might've expected to see, not even seeing the floor, even for a singular minute. It, I, I think Ime is just, there's so much of this feeling out process right now that it is, it's hard to come away with any sort of definitive takeaways other than, there's going to be a high energy. There's going to be a high energy from this group, but how they fit, how they gel, I just don't think we know yet. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I think about Ime, that's fair. You know, with, with, you know, he's never done this before. So it's like, you know, how does he manage his timeouts? How does he manage rotations? Like I was screaming last night for just a fresh body for somebody like Jalen missed a dunk in OT last night that like baffled me. I'm like, no way. That's just, that's called dead legs right there. He just doesn't have it right now. And so just a way to, and that's where, you know, the depth thing of having Richardson and having a Horford comes into play. And that would help obviously with this rotation. In those situations. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, who are you going to trust? You going to throw her knee Smith back in there? I mean, not, not, not at the end of double OT. What do you, I mean, I love, and I, and I love Neesmith and I do want him to play more, but I, I just, you know, I, again, who do you sub out? I mean, they, and they were playing really small at the end of the game. It was Dennis Smart, uh, Jalen, Jason, and, and, you know, either Rob or Grant, pending on, you know, what they were doing. It was mostly Rob towards the end, which I, which I agreed with and understood, but it was just, you know, you could tell everybody was dead on both sides. And, and, you know, how does Ime look at that and say, all right, next time that this happens, how do we fix this? Well, having the full complement of your players is going to be a good start. So, but yeah, you know, it's going to be fun to watch them kind of learn on the job, you know, watching Brad do it in 2013 when there were no expectations, you know, with smart and Gerald Wallace and Jeff green and, and just a bunch of, don't you dare forget Chris Humphreys. Chris don't Humphreys. You dare. You know, Bogans, I think uh, hung out, but <laughs> Until yeah, they paid him to go away. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you had Avery Bradley and, you know, so it's, it's different. Like Brad working his way through it. Like who cares? Like, you know, nobody's around. Now you have Tatum and Brown who are, you know, budding superstars and a team that's, you know, supposed to have, you know, uh, a good level of success this year. I'll say people have them penciled between six and three in terms of, you know, where they'll, where they'll end up. So uh, maybe playing game in three, like there's a, you know, there's a, a wide range of outcomes here, but how does Ime learn the job while this team tries to contend and succeed is going to be a very interesting storyline from here on out. And, you know, last night you get a lot of lessons, you know, how to, how to manage a team during a double overtime game when you're down two of your top seven guys. Yeah. Tough, tough to f- first lesson for your first day of the job. And I asked both guys, Jalen oh, and Jason, God. how Ime was in the huddle and, Jalen said he was great, had great ATOs, was confident, you know, was excited to be there clearly, which the guys were feeding off of. And so um, I do, I think, and Evan, thank you for that reminder, Brad Stevens first year and what a tremendous learning curve it was. I mean, he was a completely different story coming from college and he has talked about it repeatedly. Just the fact that there are so many more possessions and so many, the game is so much longer and they just keep coming. And it was something that he thought he was prepared for, but nothing can really prepare you for that. And so, um, Ime's not dealing with any of that. You know, he's been in the NBA for the last 20 years and has been learning from some of the best in the game. And so I do think he has a step up there, but you're right. This team is dealing with higher expectations, which I think then in turn is what makes everything, everybody go so negative because you just want so much more for this team. And it's going to take time. That's just the reality of life where we are. And um, in respect to Jason Tatum, though, I came away last night post game. He was, not down. I mean, he did, he admitted he settled for threes late, probably because he was tired and fatigued because they played 45 minutes in game one coming out of a three game preseason. Um, and basketball shape is different. And they were playing the Knicks at MSG and emotions were running high. And so, um, but the confidence that Jason Tatum exuded 
uh, post game gives me confidence. And, and like he said, he's good for about one of these a season. He doesn't think it's going to happen again. And as we all know, Jason Tatum and the bounce back is real the next game. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings on Friday. Yeah. And I don't think, and, and hopefully nobody is anyway, but I, I think we've, we've all been around it long enough. Like no one should be even remotely worried about Jason Tatum. Is this who Jason Tatum's going to be 30 shots, hitting seven, 20 points and missing 13 threes. That's it's, it's not the, don't worry about that. Like Abby said, the bounce back's real. He's going to be just fine. He's going to be an all-star probably going to be an all NBA guy, especially after the slight last year, at least the, you know, whether real or perceived and, and, and he's going to be fine. Those two guys, they're going to be fine. They're going to be off nights for Jalen as well. These, these are the pillars, you know, as, as we keep using that term, uh, going back to email describing these guys. Although, uh, I, I do want to mention this with, with the three pointers and this isn't even singular Tatum. This is just as, as the senior member of, of this group, the three of us being that I am the oldest of the three of us, the, it, like, if I can go like old man shaking fist at cloud for a second, I know it was a double overtime game, 57, three point tries by the Celtics, 57. And yes, they, I saw hit, that. They, yeah. they hit 21. So 37% or whatever. And, and again, double overtime. So, <laughs> so you got the extra 10 minutes to play with 57, three point is, I just want to, is this an entertaining brand of basketball for anybody? And that's not me going after Eme or the Celtics. Like that's just today's NBA. And like this team is going to average 43 point tries a game over the course of the year. It's going to, I mean, we saw hints of it in the preseason. It's just, you know, like I, I wondered coming in, you know, we constantly have the conversations about how will Eme and Brad differ in terms of their offensive systems, their defensive systems. Is Eme going to, you know, be a guy that reigns in the three a little bit, or maybe in particular reigns in Marcus Smart from three a little bit, or all these different things we talked about over the course of the entire summer. Uh, I, if one game is any indication, launch, fire away. That's, you know, go from the logo, take the four pointers, Peyton Pritchard. This, I, it's just, again, it in the spirit of the this being the 75th anniversary in the NBA and having all these former Celtics and every all the all-time greats their names trickling out each day as part of that anniversary team 57 three-point tries in a game is just it's I know it's where we're at and so it's a it's a you know a, a dying hill to be on you know me Cedric Maxwell and whoever else but I just it's not fun like it's not fun why even if they're hitting them like you know early in that overtime last night it's just not entertaining watching watching teams basically live be, between the three point lines and just firing them off. You, your turn, my turn, your turn. It's I don't know. You I don't like it. A, you didn't find the beginning of overtime entertaining because I found yeah, it entertaining. I thought it was or awesome. the Celtics coming back in the first quarter when they had seven straight shots, five of them threes. I, I mean, awesome. I think it's I th- fun. I think it's I fun think to they, watch when they're hitting. It's not Yeah, but I think you become it's there's a downside you become too reliant you become too needy for it you try to shoot your way back into games when chipping away might actually be more efficient it's just it's a different mentality i recognize and and again like i am anyone out there listening is saying like shut up kaufman like we've heard this spiel before and you're wrong and it's stupid and get with the times and and all of it i get it i i know i am in the minority in this respect i just i don't know it's not it's not as much fun to me as guys like getting in and and like banging inside like you're going to tell me that even if you're fine with Tatum taking that last shot in regulation last night and I know a lot of people weren't like Brown's got the hot hand get it to Jalen even if you're fine with Jalen he couldn't have had a better attempt than that he couldn't couldn't have found something better than a fadeaway jumper get inside draw the foul we just I don't know we don't see it enough in in today's NBA in general it's not again specific to the Celtics 
it did feel like in the preseason that is a point of emphasis for Jason to get to the free throw line. But I think it goes back to what we've been talking about. These are old habits and habits that they have gotten into. This is Jason's fifth season, Jalen's sixth, Marcus seventh or eighth. And so, I mean, these are things that, Adam, you can't tell me, they, Ime's thing is, you know, go from a good shot to a great shot. And they are in the film room. They're, there's no question they're showing them, yes, you took that three. That's a good shot. We are confident in you as a shooter, but there was also this option. And, and it's just going to take some time to make those adjustments and to get into those different habits. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would say. I, I, I know it's my I, island. I don't think we'll see 57 I know. threes every night. Yeah, I mean, Jalen, Jason's not going to take 15 threes uh, unless – I mean, I, I would be surprised if he took that again this year. I would. But no, that I, won't be a regular thing. He'll probably no. average like nine, though. And I'm cool with that. He should average nine threes a game if he's shooting 40%. That's fine. Like, I have no problem with that. And again, the, the point being, though, he, it would be nice to see him get to the rim a little bit more. And, that, and that's, you know, the, the big, you know, uh, I guess call it – the, the the big talking point everybody's had all season has been our off season has been you know, going to get to the line we're going to the line one so with first game didn't do it let's just you know wait for the next game I will say this though because we've kind of been all over the map Jalen has got some moves in the mid range that really make me you know extremely uh, I guess optimistic about maybe him making another leap here because um, he's made it in transition in terms of a transition player. He's made it as a three-point shooter, being one of the worst, like, volume three-point shooters in NCAA history, too. Now he shoots 40%. You know, he does, he's pulling up. He's, you know, spotting up from three, off the dribble, all that stuff. But the fact that he can get by guys and get into the lane and do some work, you know, there, there's some obvious stuff that T-Mac taught him a while ago that's starting to really click. And I'm enjoying the hell out of it. He had one move, and somebody posted it, I think, on Twitter earlier today, where he's he's – going to his bag of tricks a little bit in the mid-range, and he missed the shot. But the fact that he had all of that, got a good look, and just missed it, just makes me excited about his his future. And then the fact that he had six assists last night. I mean, that's – I mean, going from a guy that had no court vision or court awareness or any of that IQ stuff to a guy that looks like a legitimate facilitator is huge. So, again, we, we've gotten into – we've been all over the board here. A lot of the show because I think all three of us are very excited about what has happened. But to focus on some positives, Jalen Brown was absolutely brilliant. And if that's the guy they have in 2021, 2022, you know, that's a a guy that not a lot of people in the Eastern Conference can cover. And that's going to be a really huge weapon for them. And to see him embrace that facilitator role so early is ginormous. So I'm, I'm very, very, very high on Jalen after last night. I couldn't agree more. Playmaker Jalen, I think, is what stood out to me last night. I will push back, Evan, and not let it slip that you say that Jalen came in with no basketball IQ because that is not the way it was. I I, I think that that might not have been a part of his game or something that he emphasized, but um, the basketball IQ has always been Yeah, he's cerebral out there. There's no question. He sees the game. Not as a facilitator and ball handler. He he wasn't that when he was first in – And being efficient with it. Yeah, um, and, and there were points last season. I mean, I remember at the beginning of the season where he was shooting 80% from mid range. And so the thing that I think is so fun about Jalen is that he does, con- he, he continues to add things to his game. And when he does, he does it at an elite level. 
it's not just that he makes these little jumps and you see these flashes. I feel like it, he does, he focuses on something and then he brings it from the off season and it's, it's there. It's part of his game. And it's like, it was always part of his game. And um, I'm really excited to see the leap that he's going to make this season. If that, if we take from game number one, what he's capable of doing as the playmaker. And he told us post game, he wants the hands, the ball in his hands even more. And that's something that he really focused on in the off season. I talked to, um, his assistant coach with the Celtics, Tony Dobbins. And Jalen is a guy who he, while it is uh, communication with coaches and the coaching staff and what he wants to work on, he is someone who comes in and is like, this is what I'm seeing on the court. This is how defenses are attacking me. I know that this is where I'm weak. I want to work on that and turn it into a strength. And the focus this offseason for him was as a playmaker and to be able to handle the ball and do it efficiently, not turn the ball over handle take on that responsibility of being more of a playmaker and so i am really excited to see him in that role this season we have sponsors to please we are pleased we have them so uh if you'll indulge me for a moment i want to remind you of course the show is brought to you in part by our friends at betonline.ag we are back better than ever a new web interface from the start of the basketball season more props more odds more lines than ever before folks bet online remains your top spot for all basketball and football action this season among other sports as well you still got the baseball playoffs going on hopefully things turn for the red Sox. that was depressing yesterday head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code it is clns50 to receive your bonus from basketball football baseball postseason nhl of course is back young year year uh young year there for the bruins among others boxing ufc available to you uh, go right to your favorite Vegas casino games as well. All of it is available. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Again, that's bet online where the game starts. I imagine Evan, if he doesn't already have his uh, bets handy for the football weekend, he will be tweeting them out. You can be sure. Well, because, I'm just saying, uh, I got slaughtered last week, so it was not a great week last week. Uh, I want to personally <laughs> thank the, the the Chargers for just laying a complete egg, and the Browns. Uh, wow, just really bad. And then the Bills on Monday decided to kill me too. So thanks everyone for just making my <laughs> my weekend completely miserable. So thank you. Everyone. Do not ride with Evan. Give no, me fade me, fade me. Just, I'm, I'll put yeah. the picks out there. Just fade me, and you'll win a lot of money. I, I promise. I told all my friends last week. They're like, "Hey, what are you thinking?" I was like, well, I'm so heavy on the Browns this week that I should probably tell you that you should take the cards. And I hope someone uh, listened to me. This is going to a lot of money. So upset. Uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, someone we brought up before and haven't really talked about since, and that's Kemba Walker, of course, who uh, I, I know, Abby, you had the chance to talk to him out there at the Knicks practice facility on, on the eve of the game and uh, his excitement uh, going up against, you know, his former team so quickly, as we know, after a couple of years in Boston where it didn't work out, you asked him why it didn't work out and uh, all sorts of different stuff that I'll let you expand upon, obviously. But I, I thought what was what was really interesting, if if I had sort of one takeaway from the pregame footage yesterday where he's mic'd up and, you know, dabbing everybody, the person, you know, personalized handshakes with all his former teammates and and all the I love you's and everything and how much guys Brown Tatum Rob Williams you know the the list goes on all these guys just just almost lamenting the loss of Kemba Walker they're they're so 
affectionate about the guy, taking nothing away from Kemba because everything they said about Kemba is absolutely true. And, and we all feel this way. Like it's a bummer. It didn't work out for Kemba Walker in Boston because like, please like find me a better guy. Like he is just unbelievable. But I think part of it too, I I couldn't help but think like, man, like we didn't have Isaiah Thomas getting serenaded this way when he left. We didn't like Paul Pierce wasn't serenaded this way when he left. And Kemba Walker was, you know, an, an inconsistent injury plague player for two years in Boston. I, I, I feel like part of it, part of it wasn't just Kemba being Kemba and, and the unbelievable person he was. It was just the breath of fresh air that he provided in, in immediately replacing Kyrie Irving and helping to change you know, just the, the overall atmosphere there in that locker room. I, I think what stood out to me and, and you know, it, you saw it watching him every night, but Jalen reiterated it uh, when he spoke last night is that the joy that Kemba brings to the game is just the levity of it. And, and I agree with you. It's probably was so refreshing coming off of, Kyrie Irving, who didn't want to, you know, talk to anybody for long stretches of time. But um, Jalen said last night, you know, Kemba is a guy who would come up to him and and, be, and tell him, remind him to get out of his own head, not take things so seriously, to um, be happy with the joy of this game. And so I think that that's something that they will miss. Talking to Tom Thibodeau, um, he, t- he mentioned, I mean, the same thing, that Kemba is just a joy to be around. But what he said that stuck out to me pregame is that Kemba will give you everything he has. And and I believe that's what he did here in Boston. It's just what he has because of his injury, because of how much time he's been on the court, because of his stature is not enough for what the Celtics need and, and, and doesn't fill the void that was left. And so I think that's why it didn't work out. That's what Kemba told me. He said, I feel like, obviously injuries in my body that that was the biggest issue and um while no one wanted to see you're right the man Kemba Walker go it was something that they weren't willing to and and really couldn't invest that kind of money in that type of player who wasn't going to be there every game and couldn't play the second night of back-to-backs yeah Kemba's one of the greatest teammates Mm -hmm. ever I mean talk to anybody that's ever been a teammate with Kemba Walker this goes back to college He's, uh, he's, again, just a, a wonderful guy to be around. Um, great locker room guy, great chemistry guy. It, it is just unfortunate it didn't work out because I think Kemba has a lot of fans everywhere. Um, I was a little surprised that he was shocked by a trade from, by, from Boston because I think <laughs> we all kind of saw that coming. So yeah. that was the one in there. Especially after we reportedly asked for one. Yeah, I'm like, that's a little <laughs> weird. But, uh, you know, again, it was just nice seeing, again, the smile. Kemba is one of the best smiles in all of basketball. There's no question about it. Um, you can't help but, like, feel the energy he has for the game when he's on the floor. Um, and it's great that, you know, he still has good relationships with everybody. You know, he has Bernie Bridges. I mean, everybody loves him. So, you know, it's it's unfortunate it didn't work out. It really is. But, I, uh, you know, and it's not like, you know, he set the world on fire last night. He was 3-4 for three-point range, which kind of hurt a little bit. Uh, Evan Fournier being slightly more effective in that game hurt way more than Kemba. Um, but, uh, you know, it is unfortunate it didn't work out. Um, and I, I think, you know, I, I hope that I, I want the best for Kemba. It's like one of those things where even though he's not around, you're still like, man, I just love that guy. I just, I hope that he, he gets healthy and, and he can get back to something of what he was when he was in Charlotte because he was a breathtaking player. Again, as someone who's shorter, 
to watch someone like Kemba go out there and play with Giants. Um, it's it's really fun to watch. It was like watching Isaiah Thomas all the time. The guy that's five foot six and challenging Rudy Gobert at the rim and winning like that stuff. That stuff's awesome. So you know, and it, and it, what's good for Kemba is Kemba is in the best place for Kemba. Mm-hmm. He's back in New York, uh, where he's from, he'll feed off that energy that the Garden will give him. And I, I am thrilled for him. So I mean, I. Yeah, I, just it, just anybody, like Kyrie Irving. Well, yeah. <laughs> right back where he should be. Oh, I don't want to get into that. It's going to thrive. It's going to be great. Leave that alone. But <laughs> yeah, I got, I, I am, I am certain guys who just root for in the NBA. Like I, I do root for Kemba Walker. I just hope, I hope mm-hmm. he, gets, he gets back to where he was. Evan Fournier, you don't root for quite as hard. <laughs> no, you know, we share the name, man. That was tough to watch last night to watch yeah. him hit like threes on dribble handoffs and just like, yeah, that's exactly what boss needed to do. It was uh, Team France Olympic Fournier again. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate the COVID thing because I thought it, it was mm-hmm. going to get there. And if he's like that, you know, he maybe hit nine he'll... straight threes before he went down with COVID. It was no. terrible so like, timing. I know because and it's like, man, what? It, it just it just didn't work out, and I, and it, and it's it it's just the 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 Celtics luck lately is just really un. It's just remarkable. I mean, w- between the the Hayward, the Kyrie, the Horford leaving. Uh, the Kemba stuff now Fournier on top of it. It's like, when will this end? It's a, it, will they ever get a, a good break in their direction? Because it felt like there was a lot of positive momentum building up, and now it's just the other way. Oh, it's just it's tiring. It's tiring to watch everybody else succeed uh, off the Celtics. It's just annoying. No, everybody. But I will say, Evan, um, coming into media day, you know, everyone, it's a breath of fresh air, a fresh start for everyone. Al Horford literally. Like, like bounced into the press conference room and was just like, <laughs> I am genuinely so happy to be back. What do you guys want to talk about? I have, he was, I mean, the happiest I've ever seen anyone on media day was Al Horford. And so it was awesome. And then Jalen Brown gets COVID, Al Horford gets COVID and like Peyton Pritchard breaks his nose. And I was just like, Oh God, how did we get back here so fast? It's happening again. It's last year all over again. Back. She hasn't even started <laughs> so, yet. What the hell's going on? So I'm hoping, I'm just, fingers crossed, got it out of the way early. Maybe the timing is good. And maybe we'll just, it's it's up from here. I really am eager to see, uh, not to spend too much time on him, but I am eager to see Al Horford back from, not only because obviously of, of what he brings this team from, uh, you know, defensively running the offense through him, all, all sorts of look. We know who Al Horford is as a basketball player. We saw it here for years, and and I think most people. I know there was kind of a, a running gag about it at the time. You know, average Al versus all around Al versus all star Al versus like you know people. No matter which side of that coin you're on, and and you see it through whatever eyes you want to see it through. We all know what Al Horford brings to the table and what kind of basketball player he is. But with all of the, maybe it's sort of that preseason hype train that that every player and every team is is guilty of and then you know when you know but I mean people talk it like best shape of my life and and haven't uh you know benefited so much from all that time off last year when the thunder just sent me home and said you know go stay in shape and but not having to deal with the wear and tear of, of the daily grind and all of that stuff and and now for him to get obviously this this rejuvenated this fresh start in Boston and him being, you know, I mean, it's a best of both worlds, right? Like he got the huge payday. The Celtics wouldn't give him and he still winds up back with the Celtics. So this is great. Great for him. Obviously I'm really eager to see what he looks like when he is back out on the floor, because, you know, we need to remember, I think anyway, at least that 
guy's a little bit older than, you know, than he was the last time we saw him. But if he is as good as, as the hype is, then he is going to be a huge difference maker and obviously probably would have been last night. I mean, he looked phenomenal in the preseason minutes that he got. I, you know, he said he was feeling great and he looked at, he's out running guys down the court. And um, I mean, I obviously in 82, now 81 game season, will take a toll on that and take away from everything that he's built up. But yes, I'm very excited to see Al. And then if, you know, Jalen Brown right out of quarantine says anything, maybe Al can, because he was in such good shape, starts off at a higher base and then uh, COVID won't necessarily knock that down as much as what I'm to do some oh, meditating. Oh. I might start it up after watching Jalen Cody. Seriously. I might just start meditating for hours a day because that was really I am not, I'm not good at sitting still, which I know is a big purpose of that, but I uh, do not meditate. But, yes, after last night, I'm interested. I'm going to take <laughs> full advantage of, of this very obvious segue, and I'm going to audible. I'm going to talk about cannabis. So proud of you Specifically, right Massachusetts Premier Cannabis Dispensaries, INSA, that is I-N-S-A, the premier cause for the founders, Pat and Pete, re-engineered the cannabis model, folks. And, uh, you know, from, from what they sell to how they sell it, while never forgetting, obviously, it is for everyone. If you want to meditate or do whatever you do, obviously. Insta dispensaries are inviting and modern, so come on in just to learn more. I know uh, Evan plans on on going by, checking things out. Staff are authorities on the science who answer every question from dispensaries between flowers and concentrates to offerings from uh for insomnia anxiety uh recommendation for hanging out with friends even if you feel like obviously you you need a little cannabis just to be around your friends and this is available to you insa has a world-class head chef too only hires the most respected growers who perfected their craft when it wasn't so uh, legit if we may say and uh, one last thing the insa founders they're not uh, vcs from silicon valley uh, but lifelong pals from springfield so a little local tea obviously another local team to root for again it is insa in salem east hampton and boston delivery and uh, two springfield locations including just off uh, i-91 beside the mgm casino mentioned that we said to stop by you get a sweet t-shirt for just one penny that is insa.com i-n-s-a dot com or eight seven seven five hundred insa see that kevin uh, that uh, that's uh, evan that is the the perfect segue to a cannabis read that's how i think you, you crushed it i was so happy like that's like that's how they teach it i, I saw like, you light up that's they tell you i mean I don't, again i don't know who you had for for, for professors uh but I, no one that is Doc, proud to admit it. I can tell you that Doc Mason or somebody out there at Syracuse probably uh, really enjoyed that segment. That was pretty phenomenal. Whether it's maybe it's, you know, Nicholson or somebody out there really enjoyed sure. it. That was well done, sir. I was very impressed. So Abby, there's uh you know, we, we like to think around here, we run a decent podcast, but every once in a while we screw up. And last week we screwed up because we had Cedric Maxwell on. We had a great time. We had a, a I think it was a great show. I encourage people. If you missed it, it's still all very timely. Go back check it out. I hear all, all sorts of stories from his new book, which you can buy on Amazon as well. And, uh, but you know, we, we do this big season preview show and we didn't actually hit on our predictions for a number of wins, how far this team's going to go, where they're going to fit, you know, finish in the East. We got so distracted talking about whatever the hell else that, you know, we skipped the, the most baseline expectations for a season preview show. So I think one game into the year, it's still fair. We can go down that road. Uh, what were your expectations or, you know, impacted by one game, I guess, if you want, are your expectations for this team in terms of number of wins and where they finish in the East? I don't have a specific number of wins in mind. I, 
I think that the East overall has gotten a lot tougher. So I am curious to see where records end up. I mean, I know a lot of the focus um, going into game one for the Knicks, especially, you know, they had 41 wins, surpassed expectations in a 72 game season, but not expected to win 41 again this year, just because of the competition in the East. And so um, I do expect the Celtics to improve from last season. And, and I do, I'm hopeful for a top four or five finish in the East. I mean, I think that I, I do think a top four is possible and to get home court advantage in the first round. Um, but I, throughout the preseason, I was very intrigued and excited about the added depth and what is possible. And we saw that shine in the preseason. And I think some of that was taken away without Horford and Josh Richardson being out for game one. And so I, I do think that that can carry over. I think that the talent level has risen and I am really, and we haven't touched on the young guys much at all. I'm, I'm so excited for Romeo Langford and the confidence that he is playing with right now. And, and I've talked to him multiple times um, since training camp started and, and he does, he just feels like a different guy than we've seen from the past couple of years. Aaron Neesmith, while not necessarily um, what we saw in the preseason carried over into game one, but he also, I feel like has made some leaps and will continue to grow and, and has that work mindset. And so that is there. And Peyton Pritchard, obviously making some adjustments with the mask. Um, I think that that is going to be a work in progress for him. But the depth and the improvement that we have seen from the Celtics young guys who are still here is also very exciting to me. If I remember right, our friends at betonline.ag had the over-under for the Celtics coming into the year, 46 and a half wins. I think that was the number, or at least that was the general ballpark of the number. So if you don't have a specific number in mind, you want to take the over or the under on that? I'm going under. Under. Okay. Well, top four in the East is going to be tough to get. I know. That's true. Very true. Yeah, what about you, Evan? Where are we at? What's your number? Um, we said 46 and a half. Oh, man. Life's too short to take the under, so I'll take the over. <laughs> um, but I do think this team, it's it's tough because, you know, what is Philly? What, what happens with Philly is a terrific question. You know, are the Hawks, you know, now that the Hawks have expectations, what does that look like? Um, the Knicks, again, with the expectations, what does that look like? I mean, there's the, the obvious, I mean, Milwaukee is just, I, the other night was unbelievable. I mean, Giannis is ridiculous. I mean, he's so, and, the, and now if he's going to start hitting pull up jump shots, I think we're all, you're all screwed anyway. Um, you know, the Nets are, the Nets are obviously one key injury away from being a real, uh, a, you know, having depth be a real issue, but right now they look fine, you know, with, with Katie and, and Harden, those guys are two of the top, you know, 75 players of all time, actually. So sure. um, those two guys on the same team are really scary. Um, then after that, like, it's a little questionable, right? You have Miami, you have Atlanta, you have the Knicks, you have Boston, and you have, uh, you have a team like Philly, which, you know, again, there's talent there, but what does the Ben Simmons thing yield? You know, does that trade actually happen? You know, whatever. So um, I think they're probably somewhere between six and three. And the problem is, you know, if you want to line it up, who do you line up with? Do you want to get the four and hope – because you want to have home court for the first round, no question. But, you know, you're going to have to play somebody really good between Brooklyn and Milwaukee. So do you want to be the four so you get Milwaukee, or do you want to be the three so you play Brooklyn? And I don't know if I have an answer to that question right now. I think I'd rather play Brooklyn, but I the, the, uh, do you really want to play mind, Brooklyn? Keep in mind, Kyrie's going to be vaccinated and playing by then. So, 
look, I don't know. I'm not going to touch that. But anyway, I think that it's my belief. I, well, I think money. T- I think money talks. I don't know, Kyrie. Kyrie's a different dude. I'm not going to comment on that because it's not. I don't have to worry about Kyrie in in, in the Celtics uniform anymore. I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> not, not, not my issue. I writing them off. <laughs> I'm done. No, I'm seriously. I'm done. I don't. I, I talk. The only things I talk about Kyrie are the positive things he contributes off the floor, which I think are things that we need to actually talk about. So there you go. Um, and the thing with with the top of the East is there's the there's the the top two tier. Then after that, it's just we don't know yet. And I think there are a lot of teams that can that can play the, you know, we think we're here card or we think we're here card. You know, I think Boston, you know, gun to my head right now feels like a five seed, which seems bad because that's you're gonna play the Bucks if you win that series and not have home court. Um, but that's what it feels like right now. Um, but that could easily change as we see guys get healthy. But again, I was encouraged by last night. I think the Knicks and Boston are, you know. In terms of competitiveness, I think they both compete really hard. I think Boston's more talented than them, but that doesn't always matter at the end of the day. So um, I think gun to my head, over, uh, but a five seed right now is my my prediction. So, I, don't gamble, I, though. I, don't I, bet on me. Just don't do that. Yeah, fade oh, Evan. The Celtics are screwed. Yeah, uh, so, I, I mean, I don't know where the hell they're going to seed because I think, as you're both saying, they're, uh, I think the East is just so jam-packed. I think it's so jam-packed that, you know, there's not going to be a big difference between, let's say, three through six or something like that. Uh, that being said, I'm going to put them at 48 wins. 48 is a number that I, uh, I, I like for the Celtics this year. This year feels about right to the people that have them out there at 50 plus or have them out there at 50 plus coming into the year. That just seems like a little bit of a reach for me, especially in, you know, year one of email and, and trying to figure all this out. But I absolutely believe they're a better team than last year. I think they're deeper than last year. I think they're more well-rounded than last year. And hopefully, especially just with a new voice and a new coach, no matter who it is, I feel like uh, they had better be more focused than they were last year. So uh, 48 is where I'm going to put them. But before we go. Uh, Wait, I just want to said- say my under yeah. is based a lot also in that I feel like expectations are what doomed this team the last sure. two years. And so I, I'm going to, I'm going to low, slow play. And then, you know, when they exceed those expectations. There it is. I like happy. that. That's the yeah. right way to do it. Yeah, that's the right way to do it. Play uh, both angles. Be like, I was right, <laughs> or I would, I, you know, this team surpassed my expectations, so you can't lose. I, I got them at forty-two wins. Prove me wrong. Do it. <laughs> Hopefully, they're good. Hope, look, it, it's good for all of us, obviously, if they're good, and it's good for everybody out there listening. Because I assume if you're not a Celtics fan, you're not listening. So uh, that's you know that's that's the objective. But. Uh, before we do go, because I said way back at the beginning of the show, however long ago that we were going to touch on this, and I want to make sure we do, uh, Abby, again, you know, being out there at MSG last night, being in the building, uh, covering the Celtics, you know, in person, as obviously she was during the preseason as well. But uh, after being, you know, in studio all of last year, uh, you know, f- filling the shoes and and admirably and, and doing a great job at that of Kyle Draper after obviously he went to Sacramento, he had been in studio for so long, you know, now back out on the road, I, you know, I, I'm getting guessing this is just me assuming but please tell me if i'm wrong i'm i'm guessing that you know be if if like the bosses over at nbc sports boston said and maybe they did said you know abby you want to be back in studio or you want to be back on the road you know which is your preference uh just knowing you know your professional history i feel like you were getting back to your roots and let's get back on the road and let's be around all these guys in person let's you know let's be in the atmosphere let's do the thing was that was that the uh you know the the top objective for you sort of post the the height of COVID? I'll just say I am thrilled with the way things turned out. I am, uh, I was 
surprised by how nice it felt to be back inside the arena to not be like last season being in studio the whole time. um, That was the first time I have missed a Celtics game in eight years. And it Mm -hmm. felt weird. It was very strange to not be there. And it was really hard for me to not get in the car and drive to the arena to instead drive to our studios and need them. So um, I was thrilled to be back and thrilled to be back with the people who, you know, who you used to see every day and didn't get to say goodbye to because it was such an abrupt ending when the whole pandemic went down. Um, and then everything, after everything that I went through in the summer um, with being laid off and all of that, it was just like, I am not taking anything for granted this season. So being back on the road, um, I I told this story and my husband is sick of it right now, but uh, the first road trip I got to go on was to Orlando. And, you know, so we get to stay at, uh, I usually stay where the team is and um, walked into this beautiful hotel and I was I flew in later because I uh just I don't know this is inside but I I tend to fly commercial to the places so that I can leave usually the team leaves like one or two in the afternoon and that just doesn't really jive with my family life so Mm -hmm. I try to take the last flight out and get in so I got to Orlando got to the hotel about midnight I got off the elevator and I was like gosh it is so bright in this hallway and that used to drive me crazy right late at night you're like I'm I'm trying to wind down I'm gonna go to bed and then I said to myself, what am I talking about? This is amazing. I am <laughs> back on the road. I am at this beautiful hotel. There was a balcony. I was just like, I was smiling from ear to ear. I was so giddy just to be, you know, back out there. And so um, my husband was like, you can cool it with the pool picks. You know, really. <laughs> we get it. You're I'm happy. here with the kids. Yeah, we get it. You're back on the road. It's happy for you. Um, but so I just, um, after everything, the pandemic and all of it, I am just not taking anything for granted. And so excited to be back on the road, be back inside arenas, be back to talking to players. I mean, um, and, and actually or talking to people, having actual conversations with people, not just on zoom where you get in one question and there's, you know, and then it just, it's gone and having actual human interactions, um, is I'm feeding off of that. And so, uh, I'm so excited and thrilled to be back and on the sidelines is it is, it does feel like home for me. So, um, I am still kind of learning the new staff, learning, um, Ime and, and how he operates. And I feel like all of us, we knew Brad so well, we knew mm-hmm. Brad, the coach so well that we could anticipate what he was going to say, anticipate how he was going to handle situations, particularly with the media and stuff like that. And so this is kind of a, a new frontier. And so I'm excited about that. And um, I'm just, I'm, I'm hopeful. I feel like we've been talking about it so much. Things got so negative last year. Mm-hmm. Dealing with expectations and Twitter was just a cesspool of places. <laughs> like, well, that's the case no matter what. That's not, that's not unique to last year. And so, you know, Look you get my stuff into it, especially at the games too. I'm like running around doing stuff. I can go here, I can go here. When I was in the studio, you're like on Twitter, you're like, oh gosh, oh, oh no, oh. And like, it's just, <laughs> there was no escape from it, I felt like. And so um, you can't help but go down those negative rabbit holes. You mm-hmm. know, you got to try and pull Seth out of them. And uh, so it is nice to be there and um, back to where I feel most comfortable. Well, it's good to have you back there. Obviously we've enjoyed watching. We'll continue to enjoy watching over the course of the year and hopefully into the postseason, and and even beyond that, obviously, but uh, Evan, I I didn't mean to cut you off there. Well, I'm just, I know we're getting ready to wrap up here. Can we just get a quick shout out for KG top 75 player? That was pretty, uh, I'm pretty, uh, pretty jacked up about that. You know, it's, it's interesting to see how many. I mean, as he should be. Are you surprised by that? 
No, it's just nice to see. Like, I wasn't sure what kind, how many new guys were going to make it into the fold. I mean, I I think KG's a top. I don't know we want to put. I'll put thirty just to make people not yell at me so much. Uh, player of all time, um, and it's just good to see the recognition. I, I, I'm expecting Pierce to be on that list too, but we'll see. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see because the the final twenty five come out well later today yeah, as we talk yeah. right now. I'm uh, I'm eager to see how many guys. Not that they all you know made their bones in Boston, but how many guys of the seventy five at least you know, played for a period in Boston. I, I don't even, what do you think the number's going to be? I don't know how many there are so far. I haven't looked, but. Oh, there's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're there's probably going to have, is, is a third of the list too big a, a, a guess? Would it maybe 15, 20? I think you're going to, I don't know how many there are right now, which makes for very bad podcasting. So I, this is. Well, rough. I don't know either. We, you know, we like to wait until those things are done. Get, get right. your 75 out there and then we'll react. Yeah. We need to go 25 by 25 here. Yeah, but they, they have, they have quite a few. I mean, it's, it's like, I was curious how many guys from the earlier parts of the NBA they would include, mm-hmm. and they've included several of them, which is great for the history of the NBA. Um, like, I'm not shocked that KG make it, but I'm just, I'm just happy that he did. Cause again, I, it's my favorite Celtic ever, even with Pierce. So. And this year we get KG raised to the rafters at TD Garden. Right. Going to be an amazing day. We'll be sure. fine be fun all right again this show brought to you by uh betonline.ag use the promo code clns50 for a 50 percent sign up bonus also go to insa.com insa mention that we sent you get a t-shirt for a penny again nbc sports boston's abby chin back on the road having the time of her life posting pool picks and living it up in the hotels i don't know if you're like max getting the 70 dollar, you know like room service steaks and and fries and all that stuff but live your best life on the road this is your chance to do it i'm trying i'm trying i will she's abby for evan i am adam thank you very much for joining us we'll uh, have a couple more games under our collective belts when we uh, talk next, obviously, C's play again. Home opener tomorrow night. Hopefully, it's a win, even up that record, and uh, start the party moving in the right direction. Once again, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff on iTunes. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you again next week.